Mic check, yes! Woman. Yes! Mic check! Like that guy from the, uh, the show the other day. Oh. Yes! <laughs> no! <laughs> getting, getting Marv Albert on the mic. <laughs> yes! 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 <laughs> I'm Dan Mack. And this is Chris Mack. And with us is not Pete. Grabowski. Welcome you to yet another installment of the Shred Shack Podcast, your weekly source of news and uninformed yet heavily biased opinions pertaining to all things heavy metal. Let's start, as always, with some old business. Old business is old business, and new business is new business. Well, continuing on with our Guns N' Roses nonsense, uh, they just announced that they will embark on a 21-city North American tour to follow the previously announced run of six comeback shows. Uh, this actually has been confirmed. The shows will take place this summer in the following cities. Atlanta, Boston, Chicago, Cincinnati, Dallas, Detroit, Houston, Kansas City, Nashville, New Orleans, New York, Orlando, Philadelphia, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, San Diego, San Francisco, Seattle, St. Louis, Toronto, and Washington, D.C. Exact dates and venue details have not yet been announced. Where is Pete when we actually do need him to go, ugh? I mean, honestly, <laughs> I, I really feel like there's nothing more we can say here. We've said plenty. This is just us reporting on the same thing over and over again. Pretty much. We're going we're gonna to follow this one as it happens. And like I said, I hope it, it, it goes off well for their sake. For right. the city's sake. Yeah. yeah, seriously, we don't need riots in these 21 cities. Yeah, for reals. But uh, I guess, again, we'll see how it goes. Yep. All right, well, we were wondering when we first reported on this what Robert Plant plays live nowadays. Well, according to the Pulse of Radio, he mixed the old with the new during Monday's, uh, this is actually March 21st, this past Monday's Austin City Limits taping at ACL Live. Austin360.com posted that Plant has and his sensational space shifters interspersed recent tunes along with such Led Zeppelin classics as Black Dog, Days Confused, Whole Lot of Love, Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You, In My Time of Dying, and Rock and Roll. Plant's, Plant's performance will air during Austin City Limits' upcoming 42nd season, which kicks off on PBS in October. That's pretty awesome. Some of my some of my favorite songs are listed here, especially in my time of dying and Babe, I'm gonna leave you. I mean, that's... Babe, Babe, I'm gonna leave you would be a good one. Yeah. Um, you know what? I actually prefer the Bob Dylan version of In My Time of Dying. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's just it's faster paced. Oh, okay. And with Bob Dylan's voice, it just sounds a bit cooler. But that's neither here nor yeah, there. Um, yeah. But there's a couple of Zeppelin songs I would always love to hear done. Battle of Evermore. Oh my God! Forget about it. Yeah. Surprisingly, though, they didn't do Stairway to Heaven, but I'm assuming that he hates the song. I'm sure he probably hates that I'm shit. Sure, I'm sure they all hate I mean, song. it's been like 50 years. Get <laughs> <Yeah>. over it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this one is ridiculous. A rumor that started earlier this week suggesting that Axl Rose will perform as a guest vocalist with ACDC has gained traction after Atlanta Rock 100.5 host Jason Bailey claimed that a, quote, very, very good source confirmed to him that the collaboration was happening. <laughs> the rumor began after ACDC postponed the last 10 shows of his recent North American tour because singer Brian Johnson was in danger of suffering total hearing loss. We reported on that last week. The band promised to make up the gigs possibly with, quote, guest vocalists. Rose has been spotted and photographed in Atlanta where ACDC is reportedly meeting with potential singers. 
A press representative for ACDC responded to the reports by simply stating, nothing official to announce. We'll update you if that changes. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, I mean, absolutely not. Why of all singers out there would you pick Axl Rose? I would much rather have them bring in Jim Brewer than Axel fucking yeah, just, Rose. <laughs> just get Jim Brewer up there doing his, his Brian Johnson. Yeah, version. I mean, that's, that's good enough. Or even like, get um get anybody who, who... Any band out there that has been in the style of ACDC. Um, Rhino Bucket, which was on, um, if you remember, from the Wayne's World soundtrack. Okay, okay. They had okay. that song, uh, Ride With Yourself. That was a band that pretty much styled itself after Bon Scott era ACDC. Come on, Johan Haig from uh, Amon Marth. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. can do it. Yeah. <laughs> they did that song in the style of ACDC. I think that would rock. Yeah. I, I, you know what they should probably do, which would be probably a lot of fun, is just pick 10 different singers, mm-hmm. a different singer each night, and just make it their final run. And that's mm-hmm. it. Call it a day. I mean, there's a, there'd be a lot of vocalist that would be cool singing those songs right not axel rose definitely not Axel. it's because i'd be more worried about him just ruining the the whole show as a whole like being late doing his axel rose yeah thing. yeah exactly do that for your own band don't do it for anybody else yeah. that's that's just ruining everything for everybody just no so i'm interested to see how this one plays out yeah I, you know this has kind of inspired me so like the next time we hear a bit of news that has this kind of vagueness to it i want us and and the listeners of the Shred Shack to go out there and start a rumor. Right. <laughs> start the most ridiculous rumor possible. But have it be seemingly plausible. Plausible enough that people would believe it. I mean, <laughs> I personally do not believe Axel Rose will sing for ACDC. But apparently it's plausible enough that people are getting behind well, it. Well, pa- apparently that, uh, I think it was uh, Malcolm Young's son actually pretty much said that it's almost a done deal. I don't know who he told that to. I don't know who said that they heard that from him. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it just sounds so ridiculous. Like, yeah. Andrew Dice Clay is now going to be over here <laughs> singing for ACDC. <laughs> you know, even that even wouldn't be bad. I'm pretty sure uh, in Adventures in, um, of Ford Fairly, Andrew Dice Clay sang. That was him singing I, for I real? I think that was him. That'd be, that, mm. And, and that, that's not bad. Again, I have to I have to check that out and confirm it, but I, I thought it was him. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but yeah, enough about guns. Yeah, and enough about that. Um, last bit of uh, old business here. Following the major accident in Chile on the morning of Saturday, March twelfth, Iron Maiden announced that a fully repaired Ed Force One will be back up and running Tuesday, March twenty second. The accident required the replacing of both of the Boeing seven forty sevens port side jet engines, That's which cost. I, from what I, I didn't write down the whole thing. Apparently, it was a, a big to-do because they had to, to get the parts, the crew to replace these things. And these engines cost upwards of like $4 million a piece. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so I this mean, is this was not a simple thing. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, you know, Maiden's enough of a big band. They can kind of just pull some resources, but it's still a lot of fucking money. Yeah. Well, uh, and it's, it's the, the machine itself is on loan from, I think it's called Atlantic Air. Who's like you know, of course, teaming up with Bruce and the band to to do this. And as soon as the accident happened, they put they went into action immediately to get this thing repaired and, and up and running again. So apparently, this week it flew into where they ever they were currently, and they were able to load up the the band, the crew, the gear, and it's back up and running one hundred percent. So 
Nothing stops Iron Fucking Maiden. Except for a tiny truck on the runway. <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> uh, so that's it for old business. You know, a little bit too much Guns N' Roses lately. Um, but let's go on to new business. And this is new business, and we do not discuss new business until next quarter. And as always, we start off new business with some album releases. Uh, it looks like you've got a lot. I have one. Uh, so... I, yeah, I did listen to a bunch of stuff this week. I was able to get... My hands on some good stuff. So I'm going to let you do all of your stuff, and then I will talk about my one. Okay, cool. Go. First one up is Rotten Sound, Abuse to Suffer. Uh, Finished Grindcore. Um, there's a shit ton of songs on this record. It's like 16 tracks with a mixture of lengths ranging from a few minutes to like five, mm-hmm. which is kind of really long for a grindcore band. Uh, but Dan, you might actually enjoy this because it's in the style of Napalm Death. Yeah. Um, listening to it, I really enjoyed it. Very brutal, in your face. Um, you know, constantly be- berating you. It's. I enjoyed it. I would highly recommend it for people for fans of like Napalm Death and any kind of other grindcore like that. So, you guys should check it out. I still gotta watch that um, that Loudwire video for uh, top ten grindcore bands of all right, time. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, next one up is a band called Wormed. I'm not even gonna try. Is I think it's Kringshu? Kringshu? Um. Well, keep going on. Whatever. Um, it's sp- uh, Spanish technical death metal, all right? The music is incredibly tight and absolutely brutal. You wrote, actually, uh, hold on. Spell out how you wrote brutal on here. B-R-O-O-T-A-L. Yeah, <laughs> I did that. <laughs> Not brutal enough. <laughs> Not brutals. <laughs> the only gripe I have is the vocals. Um, it's a little too guttural. I mean, it's to the point where you can't really tell. Like, you can't even tell one word from the other. Um, like, I love my growling vocals. But this one is just too much. So kind of like the like older Cannibal Corpse kind of thing? Yeah. <laughs> like, just too much. Yeah. Too much. But if if you're a fan of the genre, if you're a fan of that vocal styling, this is a great record. Um, but if you're just a fan of technical death metal, this is this is really good. The music is awesome. So I would, I would recommend checking it out just for uh, at least once. Mm-hmm. Next one up. Walls of Jericho, no one can save you from yourself. Break the walls, damn! <laughs> All joking aside, this album is amazing. Uh, it's a great blend of hardcore and new wave of American heavy metal. The album starts off very heavy and slowly introduces more melody as it progresses, but there's no shortage of breakdowns to pummel you over the head. The highlight of this album is definitely vocalist Candice. She's an absolute powerhouse and deserves a lot of credit for this record because she delivers 1,000%. And this has solidified a uh, position in the top three for the month for me. Yeah, I was going to ask. I'm pretty sure that you sent me your top three list for this month. Yeah, I sent it out to everybody so no one can claim it. uh, I I just want to... Give people a heads up that um, this month has been war between the five of us. Yeah, it has. Because some people have called certain albums and 
there there were there were shit fits thrown. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like there were there were chairs thrown across states. Well, let's just say <laughs> that the next album review we do is a direct result of the fact that we couldn't decide who was going to get this one album to be in our top 3. So cuz yeah. it it, just, it started off rough for us this month. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we're going to have a little bit more um a little more story and exposition in our our next top 3. Because again, we've been picking and choosing, and stuff that we thought we were going to be able to just automatically snatch, somebody else took. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's going to be some words in the next one. Uh, next one up is a Necronomicon, Advent of the Human God. <laughs> it's epic black metal. I mean, this is something that I, w- I wish Pete was here for, and I probably should have sent it to him because uh, he would really dig this. Um, I really like the mixture of the orchestral music with the black metal. It's it really is equal equal because uh, there are uh, passages where it is just all orchestral, and then there's you know the brutalness of black metal. And I'm definitely a new fan of this band, and I need to catch up on the rest of the catalog because they've been around since 1988. Wow. Apparently, yeah. So I have a lot of catching up to do. So, you know, gotta get on that. Next up is a band called Cobalt. Cobalt, yeah. Uh, Slow Forever. Metal duo from uh, Denver, Colorado. Really great metal all around, covering many genres, but very much in the sound of High on Fire, which um, Pete actually saw this past week, and he, he uh, fell in love with them after seeing them because he thought they were amazing. High on Fire's been around for a while, too. They have been. They have been. Um, but if you guys are checking out Cobalt, the song Elephant Graveyard is particularly good. I would highly recommend checking that out, that song and that rest of that album out. So, Next one up. Blood Ceremony, Lord of Misrule. How do the living raise the dead? From the dead. There's much to say that's not been said. Blood Ceremony is another one of those retro rock bands, kind of a definitely more psychedelic acid rock, a little bit of proto doom in there. Um, I was I was so I always thought of this band as if you took Grace Slick from Jefferson Airplane and she was singing for Jethro Tull, because there was a lot of flute playing in there, a lot of really chunky uh, melodic guitar lines, um, but it's really really good. And this one actually closes out my top three for the month, mm. so that's that's where I'm at with that one. So I'm not going to go too much into it because I'll have the video. And last new release I listened to this week was Amana Marth, Yum's Viking. You're going to say some stuff. I think we should... Uh, I'm probably... I'm just going to say that it's an incredible record. It's a step up from Deceiver of the Gods. And if there's one song in this one... That has been stuck in my head the whole time. It's the one that features Doro. Oh wow! I yeah, know, I didn't know that was happening. Oh, dude, 
it is incredible because it actually kind of closes the story because this is a concept album. Mm-hmm. It kind of closes the story. It's the second to last track and it, it really brings a lot of closure to the story. Mm-hmm. So it is so, so good. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Pete pre-ordered this. Yes. So uh, we're going to give him some space next week to talk about this. Yeah, yeah. He pre-ordered it. Uh, he got the, the vinyl and the digipack, gave me the digipack. We did a trade-off thing just like we did for uh, Dystopia. So yeah. it was pretty pretty. I've been rocking that since yesterday when he dropped it off to me. Right so, uh, My one for the week is the obvious one, um, the album that I pre-ordered like a month oh, ago. Oh, right on. Which is the new Metal Church album, Eleven. Let me start off by saying that, like, a lot of earlier Metal Church, like, with the David Wayne era, I, I, I'm, I'm not that big of a fan of. I love the middle era with Mike Howe, and when I heard that they were getting him back in the band, I was super excited. Um, first track I heard from this album was the song No Tomorrow, which they put onto YouTube, I believe. And I listened to it, and I was a little unsure about how I was going to feel about uh, Mike Howe's vocals because of the fact that they sounded a little different. It was only that one track. The rest of the album sounds like it came straight out of late 80s, early 90s metal church. Like, they have not changed. They are a traditional heavy metal through and through, and the album is great. Um, the copy of the album I got is two discs, so the second disc is kind of like some radio edits and some extra bonus tracks. I haven't listened to that yet. I've listened to just the main album, but No Tomorrow, Killing Your Time, Needle and Sucher. Needle and Sucher is probably one of the most rocking tracks in the album because it's it's just got this um, gallop to it. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Again, they're, like I said, they're traditional metal. There's just no frills. It's a clean distorted sound you know like again that sound sounds obvious. contradictory yeah. yeah but like it's it just sounds refined and it still knocks you out yeah you know, it's like yeah it's 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 a fantastic track and the you know production wise it sounds great mike howe sounds exactly like he did when he left the band in like 93 or so uh, unfortunately, it's not really hitting the same level as my favorite Metal Church album, which is Hanging in the Balance, but it is right up there because this is a band sticking to their guns years after they started, and you you don't you don't mess with what works. Yeah, yeah. And and this album is no exception. It's fantastic. Sweet. Yeah. Looking uh, forward to getting that one. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to. I'm going to have to give you, like, a lot of the Metal Church albums coming up soon. So. Sounds good. Yeah, because you're going to need to kind of, like, when we do... I think, actually, when I, I, when I raided your hard drive, yeah. I think I took a bunch, so yeah, I just like, got to catch up. When we do stuff, like, you know, when we look more into certain albums, I like to get, like, a bigger, um, like, the full spectrum. Yeah, like, I like yeah. to hear how it relates to everything else. Yeah, of course. So you're going to be able to hear everything they got. Um. But in closing, I will say that this is also like the best thing they've released since Mike Hell left the band. Oh wow! No, no offense to David Wayne when they did Masterpiece. No offense to Ronnie Monroe, but they, I feel that they don't have the same grit, the same conviction to the voice as Mike Howe does. So, this is a, a very welcome return to form, if you can even call it that, because it's not like they changed up all that much. Right, right. So, but yeah, I definitely suggest New Metal Church. Cool. Um, and so. 
with that being the end of new releases, what else have we been listening to this week? Well, there are other new releases that are on the radar that I haven't had a chance to get into. Uh, the new American Head Charge came out this week, and okay. apparently early reviews, even on Metal Sucks, is that it's actually pretty good. Well, it's it's kind of the same case of like how I liked Drowning Pool. Right. You know, they, they Some of these bands have evolved enough that they are a little bit more alluring to a wider audience than just what the new metal fans were back then. Right. So maybe this is going to be another one of those deals. Another one, another new release is by a band called Lodi Kong, which I believe is the son of Max Cavalera. Okay. So definitely want to look into that just to see if he's playing the same stuff that his dad's doing or you know, what's going on with that. Considering that a lot of the new stuff that we've been doing, uh, a lot of touring stuff and whatnot, I've seen the name pop up so mm-hmm. much. So when we saw it on Skateboard, I was like, okay. I, 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 I want to know what this is. Yeah, yeah. So, so I want to. I definitely want to check that that bad boy out. Uh, but other than that, what I've actually been listening to is I went back and still killing that five discs testament set. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end of the month, we're going to be doing our top three. Kill switch engage is one of my top three for the month, so I've been re-listening to that. I've been listening to Iced Earth because they are great. They actually are a perfect timetable for my one of my exercises I do is for time. Um, something wicked this way comes is exactly an hour and one minute long. Hmm. Um, I'm about 50 minutes into a workout. I'm working up to an hour, so it's going to be perfect for me to use that as a time frame. So, um, and when I listen, when I have clients in my uh, in my gym, I try to play stuff that I'll I like to listen to, but that's still relatively safe and not offensive to anybody. So I've been listening to Earthside, that that their latest release, which was awesome, and then um, Cowan. Uh, because nobody understands a word the guys are saying. <laughs> so, uh, well, today being Saturday, and I received Metal Church on Wednesday. I listened to Metal Church since I got it. Yeah. Uh, except for on the way home from the country, I went to the other day, uh, where I picked up the uh, Spades and Blades album, which I oh listened, right 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 how to, yeah how that it was good. Yeah? Yeah. Um, Are they local or, or what? I don't think they're local. Okay, because they seem to have a decent amount of merch, so they might have been like an up-and-coming band. Yeah, they, okay. they, like their, their merch setup was freaking fantastic. Um, I am going to cover them in a future social media highlight thing. Oh, awesome. Um, but they were definitely, they definitely fit the show. A little more toward the soil work side of things and the Fear Factor side of things, but they definitely had a place at that show. Good. Um, so... Uh, I'm gonna get again. I'm gonna take a deeper listen and uh, cover them in the future social media highlight segment because the the album's good. Cool, that's uh, awesome. Um, and aside from that, I don't even remember. <laughs> it's it's been, been one of those weeks. It's been a long ass week. So uh, yeah. <laughs> but Metal Church is the most important thing anyway. So yeah. Uh, so with that, let's go on to general news. Well, there's actually a decent amount of general news this week. It's mm. pretty. Pretty interesting. Uh, first one up is Disturbed will perform its cover version of Simon and Garfunkel's The Sound of Silence on this coming Monday nights. this is March 28th, episode of Conan O'Brien's uh, show, Conan. The show airs on TBS at 11 uh, Eastern, 10, 10 Central. You know, I wasn't... I never heard it, so... I was never... I wasn't terribly crazy about it. Um, you know, Disturbed does do some good, some, some good covers, and they... They did a decent job. I wasn't crazy about it, though. I love the original. I mean, anyone who messes with the original is like, mm. Yeah. I, I think some of it has to do with uh, with David Draymond's voice. I don't think it's emotional enough. And plus, I mean, who's he harmonizing with? Himself? 
pretty much, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, that was, that's the selling point of Simon Garfunkel is the two is the vocals, the double, the two yeah. of them. So I mean, ugh. anyway. I mean, they, they kind of make it a little bit more like orchestral in a way, which uh, I'm, again, under I think un, in different hands it would have come out a little bit better. Um, it just like you know the last song on their album, Believe, Darkness. It's kind of ballady. I think so. Yeah. It's just imagine that that style being done to to this song. It's okay. it's you know it's passable, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, Metallica's recently announced headlining concert at Minneapolis's brand new U.S. Bank Stadium on August 20th has completely sold out. Uh, pre-sale fan club tickets were made available earlier this week, followed by Friday morning's public on-sale, which sold out in less than 10 minutes. That is no surprise at all. Right? What's Before we go on, what's yeah. great, though, with Metallica, and we, we, we bitch about their albums and everything, is that they're still able to sell out shows, which is important. Yeah, because I think their appeal is is cross. I mean, cr- we talked about crossover appeal with like a band like Five Finger Death Punch. And I think the first band that really made that crossover was probably Metallica as with, far the, as with the Black Album. Yeah, with yeah. the Black Album specifically, thrash metal going into more mainstream, and the, it's Metallica. They are the biggest metal band that's not Iron Maiden. Yeah, if they if they didn't have if they didn't have this still live appeal. They would have been done. Oh, most certainly. Yeah, most certainly. But I mean, if they're touring like two hundred nights a, a year, you know, anywhere but America. But um, you know, just they still sell out huge shows, even here in America. I mean, they they played the the night before the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That was a sold out show. They're playing the opening weekend of this new stadium. There sold out show. I mean, it's they still have that draw. Yeah. So. Because they put on a fantastic show. I mean, I've seen them 15 times, and every single time they get better. Yeah. All right. More Metallica news. As Master of Puppets is among the albums that have been uh, selected for induction into a library of Congress's National Recording Registry. I'm going to go into a little diatribe here because I was curious. Under the terms of the National Recording Preservation Act of 2000, the librarian, with advice from the library's National Recording Preservation Board annually selects 25 recordings that are, quote, culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant and are at least 10 years old. The selections for the 2015 registry bring the total number of recordings on the registry to 450, which is only a minuscule portion of the library's vast recorded sound collection of more than 3 million items. I would like to say, though, that having 25 every year is better than the six that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Fucking does. A, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking A. And again, this has only been for 15 years. This isn't going on for that long. But still, I'd like to see what the rest of those uh, that registry is. Right? Yeah, It'd so be really interesting. You'll probably look it up. We may have to, to look into that. And that might be a discussion to, point next yeah, week. That might be a discussion. Or in the future. Stay tuned. I like that. That's a good one. All right, moving on. Sabin Films has acquired North American distribution rights to Rob Zombie's latest horror thriller, 31. Written and directed by Zombie, of course. The film premiered at Sundance earlier this year and will be released on September 16th. More interesting news about Rob Zombie. His new album comes out next month. True. All right, Devil You Know drummer John Sankey will not be able to join his bandmates on their upcoming headlining tour as he has to attend to a personal matter back home in Australia. 
but he will rejoin the group for their start of the Hatebreed and Devil Driver trek on May 12th. In the interim, John Bachlin, of, uh, he's formerly of Devil Driver, will step in and sit behind the kit. Mike Portnoy is sad. <laughs> <laughs> More of the MP. Devil you know needs some of the MP. <laughs> oh my gosh, he must just be on speed dial for some people, I swear. <laughs> Here's a fun one, I like this. Dave Grohl always comes up as like, you know, good guy Dave Grohl. Uh, so Dave Grohl has written a letter to the City Council of Cornwall, England, on behalf of a local teen metal band that's been prohibited from practicing in their parents' garage due to a noise ordinance. The band, Black Leaves of Envy, which is a great name, by the way, has been unable to practice for almost three months as a result. Grohl wrote, quote, Like many musicians, I started in a garage in my neighborhood together with friends. My adolescent years were made better by playing music with others. And there's a whole, he wrote a whole long letter, but that's just a good quote from it. Mm. Um, the band was ordered by the Cornwall Council to take their sound levels way down to 30 or 40 decibels, which is about the equivalent of the hum of a refrigerator. One of the team's fathers told the Plymouth Herald that the group has not been able to practice in three months since it can't feasibly rehearse at that low level. Well, no shit. <laughs> I mean, I remember my band used to practice so loud. Yeah, yeah. The, the light fell down yeah. and broke in our basement. <laughs> I mean, it has to be loud. I, I still can't figure out how mom and dad slept through that. <laughs> right? They didn't fucking sleep through anything, those two. Ridiculous. Anyway, Amon and Marth have tapped Jak Walgren uh, of October Tide and Valkyria. Valkyria? Yeah. All right. To play drums for them on their upcoming tours. Not the MP. Not the MP. Again, the MP is sad. <laughs> Just imagining this Mike Portnoy on stage with a Viking hat. I'm, I'm in the band. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, bassist vocalist Jeff Walker of Carcass broke the proximal fifth metatarsal bone in his left foot prior to the band's March 19th concert in Seattle, Washington, as a support act for Slayer and Testament. Walker has received medical treatment for his injury and is expected to complete the tour, which wraps up today, as a matter of fact, uh, March 26th in Las Vegas. Just for those who are curious, the metatarsal bones are the long bones in the middle of the foot. Each metatarsal bone has a base, a shaft, a neck, and a head. The fifth metatarsal is the, lost, is the last bone at the outside of the foot, and most breaks of the fifth metatarsal occur at the base. Just in case you need a little medical history here. Yeah, so in other words, shit got fucked up. Yeah. No word on how he did it, which would be fun to know. Probably, you know, got mad at somebody, put his foot in their ass, and just couldn't get it out. <laughs> shit. <laughs> Update on the ghosts inside. Uh, they have officially welcomed former former Texas in July guitarist Chris Davis to their lineup after he toured with the band last year. For now, the group continued their long road to recovery from the various injuries they sustained in that deadly November bus crash that saw various members of the band and crew suffer serious life-changing injuries. Uh, the band were also recently confirmed to appear at the 2017 Vans Warped Tour. They're really going that far in advance? Well, they've announced a full lineup for 2016, yeah. and... I I think they put these guys on for 2017. I mean, obviously these guys aren't probably going to play anything in 2016. That that one drummer is missing a foot, yeah. so he's got to learn to work with that. Mm. So 2017 seems like a feasible 
goal for everybody. I, I'm just I, – I was not even saying that. I was, I was more so confused at the fact that Van's Warp Tour is already oh. planning for 2017. Well – yeah, I guess they have enough to draw that they can plan that far ahead. I mean, yeah. some of these some of these festivals pretty much plan like day to day, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Warped Tour's been going on for long enough that I figure that even if it takes a strong hit this year, it can actually, I saw the lineup. It's, there's a decent amount of metal involved with the Vans Warped Tour there's, this there's year. Always, there's always like a lot of like metalcore in there. Yeah, I mean the thing is, like, it looks like it actually looks like a legit show that I actually would be interested in seeing. Which they are coming to San Antonio. I didn't put it here, mm. but they are, it is coming to San Antonio, mm. which is interesting. Right uh, speaking of festivals, the recent Never Say Never festival at the Las Palmas Las Palmas racetrack in Mission, Texas, looks to have ended amid controversy with various bands leaving without payment for their performances. Ooh. Yeah, the festival took place Wednesday, March sixteenth. And almost immediately afterwards, bands began to vent about it. Promoter George Culberson has stated, quote, It does look really bad, and I feel terrible about the whole situation, but this was the route we had to take in order to take care of everyone. This was the lowest attended and most expensive festival we've had, and we have to wait for all the finances to come in. He mentions that he hopes to soon get the money owed by Ticketfly for sales for the event, after which he expects to begin writing checks to the bands. Either way, though, I mean, put on a festival, be able to pay your fucking people. I don't know anything about. Obviously, don't know anything about setting up festivals, so yeah. I, I have nothing to, to really say. Well, here. I think he. I think later on in the interview, in the this his statement, he mentioned that Deftones played the show. The Deftones didn't get played, are uh, paid, mm-hmm. and he kind of blamed the the Deftones saturation of the state of Texas for it, because Deftones just played like five or six dates here, including South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. So he said that people probably saw them already and didn't want to go to another festival with them on it. So I don't know. It seems kind of kind of a a cop out. For yeah, him. that that in particular does because you know people will go see them wherever they can. I know, right? I mean, we saw I saw as, at the show we went to the other night. I saw plenty of Deftone sh- uh, shirts from those particular shows. Yep. I mean, I know they did come here to San Antonio, but still, there was an awful lot of people who saw that show. Yep, and probably saw it multiple times. All right, last bit of general news here. Like I said, it was pretty pretty busy. Uh, Miss May I was involved in a second crash on their current tour with Bless the Fall, The Plot in You, and more. The band announced, Hey, everyone, some of you may have heard that for the second time on this tour, we were involved in a crash on the freeway. The good news is, is, that, is that save for a few scrapes and bruises, everyone is okay, and we even managed to make it to the show. Seriously, with these bus crashes, Right, man? dude? Jesus, like not Christmas. even just them, but like everybody. Like it seems like once every two, three weeks, we're we're reporting on a bus crash. Yeah, I, I don't like. I don't know what it is. Like, wow. <laughs> However, I will say though that no one died, and we reported no death this week. So therefore, cue that clip. Everything is awesome. Nice. Yeah. Yes. Finally. No cancer. Nothing. Nice. Good stuff. Okay, so now we're going to move on to some recording news. This one's a little bit short, um, but interesting in some of them. Almost nine years since Stuck Mojo's last release, a new album called Here Comes the Infidels was made available for pre-orders beginning this past Friday, March 25th at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time through Pledge Music. To say thank you, everyone who pre-ordered the album immediately received a digital download of the track Verbal Combat. Has it really been that long since the last Stuck Mojo? I think since since then they've released two Fozzy records, hasn't he? 
Yeah, Rich Ward? I, I thought there was. I thought there was a Stuck Mojo album somewhere. In there. I think there was. I think there was supposed to be one. Uh, I don't know. I don't. Know. I, look I don't like follow. It. I don't follow the band close enough to. Oh to know. wait, no. I think it was the the one of the singers from the band released an album. Uh, and it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Here's an interesting group of people. Um, the Jelly Jam, featuring Dream Theater's John Mayung, Dixie Dregs, Wingers, uh, Rod Morgenstein, and King X's Ty Tabor, will release its new album, Profit, on May 27th via Music Theory's recording slash mascot label group. Expected the guest on the album, Mike Portnoy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that just sounds like an interesting group of people. It's been around for a while, though. Has it? I never yeah. heard. I, I, really? When I hear about all the different, like, you know... The, the guys from Dream Theater, they each have some sort of thing on the side. Well, yeah. So, you know, like like Mo Musler, uh, James Labrie, his own thing, uh, OSI. You know, there's, there's just so many side Liquid projects. Liquid Tension Experiment. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so there's always, like, everything. And Jelly Jam is one of the ones that I've heard in passing, like, heard of in passing. Oh, okay. But I've never heard the music there. I, I really... And considering it's John Mayung, um, who, you know is a very interesting character just because of the way he plays. Yeah. So um, I would like to at least you know, hear a little bit of this. And plus it's Ty Taylor from King's X. So, I mean, he's a guitarist. And that's, yeah. I mean, they're one of the underrated, I would say, on the verge of prog metal bands out there. Yeah. So that's got to sound awesome. Next up, Inflames are working on material for the follow-up to 2014's Siren Charms album for a tentative late 2016 release. And hopefully it's much better than that piece of shit. <laughs> I guess you didn't like Siren Charms. Oh God, it was just—you know what? It was boring. It was so boring. Like the last, I got into Inflames a little late into their career. Like I, like, of course, I went back and listened to stuff, stuff like Horrible and whatnot. But I got into them Re-retro right around Man. Come Clarity. Okay. Uh, and I really liked Come Clarity. The sec- the album after that, um, I liked. But then Siren Siren Charms was just so boring. Yeah. I've heard everything since. Like I think. Reroute to Remain was considered like the point where they started to slow decline. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I don't know enough of their stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, here is one. My man Devin Townsend is set to begin recording the band's new album this weekend, as of right now, and has roped in Nolly Getgood of Periphery to help out with the sessions. And I have been jockeying Periphery for a while here on the podcast, so this is just really good news for me. Uh, but it remains unclear if Get Good will be playing on the record or helping out with the production side. Can you imagine the amount of puns you can make in a studio with that guy? Get Good. Like, like listen, that take wasn't very good. You need to get good. <laughs> uh-huh. 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 You're fired. <laughs> Devin Townsend would totally do that, too. He <laughs> Last bit of recording news here. The best thing I heard all week. Behemoth have begun crafting songs for their next release, according to Nurgle, who shared a photo from the studio on Instagram. Nurgle, the world's cutest death metal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going like to box him up and send him to Abu Dhabi. <laughs> <laughs> I like how this is, I know, I know you copied and pasted this one. Yep. Because have begun crafting, crafting songs. songs. Yes. <laughs> I leave certain things in there for Have like, begun for gently weaving the next. <laughs> Potential doom for you all. <laughs> <laughs> Although uh, it's going to be hard to follow up the Satanist, so I hope he takes his time because I know he's also still recording that uh, country folk record mm-hmm. on the side there. So we will mail you to Abu Dhabi. <laughs> box you up, motherfucker. <laughs> so that's it for recording news. Let's move on to touring news. 
All right. Saxon will headline the Swedish Racing Series V8 Thundercars final, dubbed the Lemmy 500, on September 24th. The band's concert will include a musical tribute to Lemmy, featuring a guest appearance by Mickey D and Phil Campbell. All right. Hell yeah. That's probably going to be awesome. Fucking, uh, fucking Byford singing Motorhead tracks would be great. Yeah. All right, Michael Schenker will play a very special show called Michael Schenker Fest because, you know, it's just Michael Schenker <laughs> at this year's Swedish, Sweden Rock Festival. So he's got his own set. It's like a festival within a festival, apparently. <laughs> Yo, dog, I heard you like festivals. Uh, but it's set to take place uh, June 8th through 11th in Sweden. The concert will feature appearances by three Michael Schenker group singers, Gary Barton, Graham Bonnet, and Robin McCauley. They will be joined by Ted McKenna on drums, Chris Glenn on bass, and Steve Mann on guitar slash keyboards. Michael Shanker will play at Sweden Rock Festival on June 11th. So he's playing the last day. Okay. That's just <laughs> so egocentric. Dude, I, I had a hard time reading it the first time I wrote, like, going through it. I'm like, what? Wait, what? God damn it. <laughs> Michael Shanker. Anyway. I mean, he's good. So yeah, so he, I mean. He can do what he I wants. Mean, whatever. Still, it's funny. All right, Max and Igor Cavalera will celebrate the 20th anniversary of Sepultura's roots by performing it in its entirety at this year's edition of the Amnesia Rock Fest. Interestingly enough, the current lineup of Sepultura is also scheduled to appear at the two-day event, which will take place June 24th and 25th in Montebello, Quebec, Canada. What I want to see is Uh-oh. a band face-off Scott Pilgrim style. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I want to see the two of them play it at the same time at each other. Now, the funny, the interesting thing here is that they don't mention what group it's going to be under. I mean, I Igor Cavalera is not in Soulfly. Max and Igor are both in Cavalera Conspiracy, but this is not, I don't think it's been dubbed a Cavalera Conspiracy show. Okay. So I'm interested in seeing who the rest of the band is, like who's going to be the lead guitarist and who's playing bass for these guys. Because I think even on the bill, it's, it's, they said Max and Igor Cavallari. It's not under a band name. So maybe that's just how they're doing it. It's interesting. All right. Enslaved will continue to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the band with a European tour in the fall. The more progressive-minded set, Spinning Wheel Ritual, will be the focus of the trek, which is scheduled to kick off at the end of September. Now, according to a press release... Spinning Wheel Ritual is looking firmly to the future and the most recent chapter in, in Enslaved's story. Their progressive nature will take center stage as more recent albums like Vertebrae, Reiter, and In Times are placed together for the first time. The focus here will be a re- reimagining of sorts, the emphasis on the band being imbued in a new light, touching potential new audiences as well as those who have followed the band since the early days. I don't know enough about Enslaved. Well... I got into Enslaved because of Reiter, and the, that that album and the follow-up in Times are both incredible mm-hmm. records. Okay. So if they're kind of focusing on the, their latter-day stuff, and that's and, and Vertebrae sounds like either one of those records, I would love to have seen this show. So, plus twenty-five years, Jesus Christ. Yeah. All right. Next up, Scorpions were forced to cut short their concert in Hamburg Monday night. Um, because of a viral infection affecting the voice of the band's lead singer, Klaus Mein. The band reportedly performed for about 30 minutes before calling off the rest of the gig. 
Um, I have not seen an update on whether everything cleared up and they were able to continue with their next performances, though. Um, yeah, stuff like this kind of irks me, though, because, like, Scorpions is enough of a legendary band. Their set has got to be mostly tracks that everyone knows. If the singer can't do it, just have one of the other band members orchestrate the audience to sing it for them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it just, you know, or just... just if it's a, like a more of like a metal band, like if Iced Earth, whatever singer they have at a given time, if they couldn't sing playing instrumentally, that might be fine, right? So you know, well, the thing is, one of the th- one of the, the selling points of of Scorpions is his voice. Yes, though. I mean, yes. it's very unique. Yeah, and it's that is pretty much makes that band. So, but but I I still feel like you know they could do something like that where they can get the audience to just take it over. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure. Or just just get Hansi from Blind Guardian to come up and sing for you. Yeah. <laughs> probably, just, an, just another German. He'd probably rock some scorpions well, he pretty would, hard. Yeah, I think he would probably own that shit. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Yeah. They need to cover some scorpions on the next record. Yeah. Or just more uh, oldies. <laughs> Barbara Ann and Surfing USA. I love those covers. Those girls are so good. Yeah, they just kind of come out of nowhere with the double bass. Right? Yep. But anyway... Uh, the previously announced April 1st concert by Adler, the band led by Steven Adler <laughs> Grabowski, <laughs> at the Whiskey A Go-Go in West Hollywood, California, has been canceled according to a tweet from the venue's official Twitter account. The message adds, stay tuned for a big announcement, hashtag Guns N' Roses. There hasn't been an update as of yet, but we all know Adler is just begging to get back in guns. Please, 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 please. Can we just put this put this in the uh, in the old news section. Yeah, I probably should have. Yeah, because <laughs> Alright, Voivod has announced a new North American tour with King Parrot and Child Bite. This latest track will, pro- will primarily focus on the West Coast, but also includes four Texas dates, one of which is here in San Antonio on May 20th at the Rock Box. That might be interesting to see. There's a lot of shows going on May 20th. I'm not done with May 20th yet. <laughs> Ministry and Mushroomhead have been announced as the headliners for the Minneapolis Toxic Air Fest. What? Which will be held at the Skyway Theater in Minneapolis, Minnesota on July 16th. Uh, further bands for the festival remain pending. But that is an unlikely pairing. Right? Like, I'm wondering like, what the rest of the bill is going to look like. I mean, there, there are some pretty unlikely pairings in festivals nowadays, but like, if you're like, looking to focus mostly on heavier music, that is an unlikely pairing. Right. All right, well, Eagles of Death Metal have announced a new spat, copy and paste, of touring that will take them through through to the fall. The stops include various North American shows and a continuation of their European tour, which was recently had to cut short due to uh, lead singer Jesse uh, Hughes' finger injury. There is a San Antonio date on May 20th at the Aztec Theater. Yep. I'm just going to mention it here. I didn't write it down, but Stryker, uh, one of my top three of... Uh, February. February. Yeah. Um, they are also coming to San Antonio on May 20th to the Corova. God damn. God damn. <laughs> so we might just have to pick the cheapest one and go <laughs> because it is a Friday. It'll likely be Striker. Yeah. That's also if I'm not, if I'm working uh, nights by that time. Yeah, true. Yeah, like next month, I, I as soon as I get my schedule for April, I have some some finagling to do. Yeah, some rearranging to do. Because like the middle, the middle of that month is going to be crazy because 14th is going to be Power Man 5000. Wow, yeah. 17th. Um, shit, I can't remember what they, they all were. But there was there's three shows. Oh, uh, 
fuck, I can't remember what they are. But there's the 14th, the 17th, and the 18th are all shows that I want to go to. 18th is the one uh, Blue Oyster Cult with Destiny Terrible. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The 17th was another one. And then I think somewhere in the middle of the month, we also got uh, word that um, Rock Bottom Stream Band is playing about an hour out of the city. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I definitely want to check that out, too. These are all things that are interesting to us. Yeah. And not knowing my schedule. And then in May, uh, we got, uh, what's it called? The Jessica Show. We might be on May 20th. Who knows? And somewhere in there, no, May 18th, uh, I think, I'm driving out to Houston to see Primal Fear. Oh, right on. Right on. I will will, will go. I'm going that on my own. (laughs) Fuck y'all, I'm going to (laughs) that. All right, last bit of um, touring news here. Tar- Dark Tranquility will headline a fall tour with support from Swallow the Sun, Enforcer, and Starkill. Uh, there are no San Antonio dates. I still want to see Enforcer. They just they just played here last month, and I I remember it. seeing Dark Tranquility a long time ago, mm-hmm. and I liked them. Yeah. I like them a lot. Didn't, so. didn't we see them open for Iced Earth? Which time? BB Kings. BB Kings. Because I know I'm, I'm still mad about that show because we missed seeing Evergrey. Yes, I'm pissed. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Why did we miss them? Were we just running late? We were probably just running late. Fuck. But we 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 came in after their set. We actually saw Tom England in the crowd hanging out with people. This is also That's before, right. This is also before we were bigger into them. So yeah, now so that I'm true. now that I'm a huge fan of theirs, it's like fuck. <sighs> but anyway. Um, I always love it when I put my my iPod on random and Evergrey comes out of like nowhere. Yeah. It's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, they're pretty intense. Uh, so that's it for our touring news. We're going to move on to Heavy Metal in the Charts, which you said you have two charts again today to talk about. Yeah. Uh, first off, we're just going to go off with the big news that Killswitch Engage's new album, Incarnate, debuted at number six on the Billboard Top 200, having shifted 35,000 equivalent album units in the week ending March 17th. But in terms of pure album sales, Incarnate opened with 33,000 copies. That's pretty That's pretty damn good. Yes. It's a little bit of a drop down from like their previous uh, rec- record, which was like 40-something. But still, in nowadays, 33,000 copies, physical copies, is awesome. Mm. I think what helps is the fact that it's, it's also still not an expensive album. Yeah. I think Target's selling it for like price, 99 Like $9.99. $12. Oh. Best Buy might have it for a little less still. But... But still, it's it's you know, CDs are not the eighteen ninety nine that they were like over, five little, years ago, a little over a decade ago. Yeah, so they're right back to like where they where they were right when they first came out. Like I remember going to the Wiz and like the average. Remember nobody beats the Wiz, but the average price was like twelve ninety nine, thirteen ninety nine, yeah. and then it skyrocketed for some reason. Well, when you a lot of places like like Best Buy usually sold stuff um, at the at that lower price. Whereas places like Tower Records, where I used to work, yeah. would sell them at their like their <laughs> manufacturer suggested highest possible price. <laughs> All right, so let's just continue on with the charts. So we already mentioned that Killswitch Engage debuts at number six. Yep. All right, and we're moving. Oh, whoa, 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 I jumped too fast. There's a lot of new releases that came out, so that's probably why some of the numbers will be a little little off. Mm-hmm. Because um, Flatbush Zombies, I don't know who they are, but they, they had a new album out. It debuted at number 10. Bethel Music was at number 12. Three Doors Down has a new record out. that uh, debuted at number 14 this They're week. They're still popular? Uh, number 14. I I no offense to them. I, I, I like the few songs I know by them, but like... Right? Like, I had no idea they were that... Still, still, still that much yeah, of a thing. Yeah. Scrolling down... 
Ah, Disturbed Immortalized, still on the uprise here. Number 37, up from 50 last wow. week. Yeah. American Idiots at 42, mm. still up there, yeah. which is... Because it went from, like, 190-something yeah. to 50. But, do, 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 do. Jeff Buckley has a new album. Is that 58? Interesting enough. Pete Yorn? Pete wow. Yorn's okay. I'm, I'm just amazed by some of these. Some of the names you see? Yeah. Metallica, Blackout was at number 73. Okay. Up from 78. Yeah, we're, we're kind of skipping a lot of numbers here, so. Yeah. <laughs> this, 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 this sounds pretty rough week for metal. The Beatles won, 85. Mm. Best of Bowie's at 87, down from 79. But remember, that probably took a decent hit because of the new albums. Yeah. Evanescence Fallen. What? 94. After not being on at all last week. Or not on at all for like, like last a, few months. Yeah. Like what? Where, like where did that come from? Did a whole bunch of people like with the with the season two of Daredevil coming out, did people just go back and watch the original movie with Ben Affleck or something? <laughs> right? What's wrong with you people? Jesus. All right. Queen, greatest hits, 99. Down from 97. Mm. David Bowie Blackstar rounding out the top 100 at 100. Down from 76. Oh, that, was, that was probably because a lot of new stuff. That, that took a hit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, oh, here's one. One of my one of my albums from last week or two weeks ago. Uh, Palafia, Renaissance. Debuts at 103. Wow. Yeah. That's, Very impressive. Yeah. Very impressive. That's weird. Journey's Greatest Hits at 110. Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory. 111 out of nowhere. Are we just revisiting like like the early 2000s? That's what it feels like. I swear to God, if you tell me that significant other by Limp Bizkit's on there, I'll be no, 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 no. Very best of the Eagles is at 122, down from 68. That was pretty big. Oh yeah. Pete's favorite band got yo six. Got yo six. It's actually stayed steady at 124. Got yo six. <laughs> I really miss Pete. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! Where is his, where is his reaction? Fuck. The Legend of Johnny Cash is at one thirty-five, a pretty good uh, uptick from one seventy. Mm-hmm. Nirvana's Nevermind took a little bit of a slide at one thirty-six from ninety-four. Anthrax for all kings still up there. Huge dive though from one, from seventy-two down to one forty-one. Still up still there. up there. Yes, top two hundred for sure. Back in Black, of course, is up there at 148. Three Days Grace. Next. I've been skipping over. There's been a lot of Michael Jackson, so I've just skipped over that. Elton John's Grace hits at 169. The Essential Billy Joel at 171. Red Hot Chili Peppers Greatest Hits Steady at 176. Linkin Park Meteora at 179. What the fuck? Out of nowhere. Like, okay, I like Linkin Park, but like two of their albums just reappear. Well, they recently just um, released Hyper Theory for free download. Uh, okay, that makes more sense then. So there's that. Yeah. Uh, Master of Puppets at 181. Megadeth Dystopia at 183, still in the top 200. Mm hmm. Uh, Amy Winehouse (laughs) Disturbed The Sickness Out of nowhere At 193 Yeah we're definitely Revisiting 
the the early two thousands, late like very late nineties. Yeah, like, like Slipknot self title might be on there too. No, no, no. I actually no, definitely not. Um, Abbey Road from the Beatles returns at one ninety five. The Wrong Side of Heaven Volume One by Five Finger Death Punch is on the uptick from two hundred up to one ninety six. Peter, beat they got your six. <laughs> and Foo Fighters Greatest Hits rounds out the two hundred at two hundred. Man, just uh, what happened this week? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. But I'm just scrolling back up so I can go check out another chart here. I was found. Um, what the hell? I don't know. Oh, there you go. Cool. You're killing it. You're killing it. No, no, no. I found one very interesting here. Okay. All right. It's um, top album sales. And this is strictly sales. Okay. All right. This is involved in streaming. So this this is people going to stores and buying. Yep. Uh, I'm going to do the does, how does, it works. Does this include digital sales? This this week's top selling albums across all genres ranked by sales data as compiled by Nielsen Music. It does not mention downloads. On the other charts, it mentions specifically sales and downloads. Okay. All right. So this is physical sales. So this is people going out and buying CDs and vinyl. Yes. Number three, Kill Switch Engage. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Number seven, Three Doors Down. Wow. Yep. Number 17, American Idiot by Green Day. Wow. Yeah. This is a, 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 a chart of 100, by the way. Okay. Disturbed Immortalized, number 27, on the uprise from 36. Panic at Disco, Coldplay. Uh. <laughs> David Bowie, Black Star, number forty, down from thirty-three. Still, it's right. People are going out there and buying the Black Album, number forty-one. What? Yeah, on the uprise from forty-five. Uh, also, the Black Album is really cheap now. Well, I'm sure. Yeah, I think I think Best Buy has it for like five bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, Polyphia Renaissance, number forty-two. Wow. Yeah. I'm there with Metallica. Yep. <laughs> For All Kings. By Anthrax at number 52. Took a little bit of a dive um, from 28. Mm-hmm. But still, top 100 album sales. Remember this. Yeah, this, this is you going out buying physical shit. Evanescence Fallen, number 57. What the? Where did this come from? I have no idea. Best of Bowie is at number 62. Megadeth Dystopia is at number 65. Okay. Linkin Park Hybrid Theory is 74. Five Finger Death Punch, Gotcha of Six at 76. Six. Metallica, Master of Puppets at 81. Well, you know what? Hold, hold on, before you continue, yeah. we're talking about Hybrid Theory being released for free. But I don't think still... that counts, because it was free download. Okay, but so I'm... people are still going out and buying <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like people are still going out there and buying the album. Like, what? Like, what What has caused this surge? If anybody knows, please let us know at right? Facebook.com slash The Shred Shack. And that about rounds it out. Like the very best of the Eagles is at ninety nine. Uh, Bob Marley and the Whalers, the best of is at ninety five. Mm. You know stuff like that. But actually, a pretty decent showing for metal up in the album sales yeah. chart. So I was just very impressed by that when I was looking through these charts last night. So I was stoked. That's why we report on it because I was trying to find that that Loud Rock one that we reported on last week with from Droids Attack. Yeah, and I couldn't find it. I couldn't find anything, so I don't know where that came from. Okay. Um, so that's it for heavy metal in the charts. 
we're going to include our I Saw a Show segment right here because we're actually not going to do a video for this one. We're not? No. We're just okay. going to stick it to this one. All right, cool. Um, you and me and to a half extent Pete and uh, his girlfriend went to go see um, Soil Work and Fear Factory at the Corova um, this past Thursday. Yep. <clears throat> um, We've talked about the Corova in the past uh, when we went to go see the Monkey Soup show yep. with uh, Jessica Kill opening up for Loudness. Um, so it was a, it was our second time getting to hear um, the sound at Corova, and this time with a bigger band, a band that is you know they have more elaborate setup. Um, and the first band to go on that we saw was Soilwork. Sound wise, that was extremely good there was i had little problems with it mm. um overall 100 percent awesome yeah um occasionally the keyboard was too loud uh they kind of overpower some of the parts um and then some of the really good solos I, I i didn't hear yeah um but other than that the sound was incredible yeah i mean i those are like minor gripes in comparison to the rest of the show yeah so um but soil work. This was my second time seeing soil work. I only got to see them once, um, about a decade ago, uh, just after stabbing the drama, um, and that was on Ozfest, and I, I kind of half saw it. This is my chance to actually see them. You know, you know, a couple you know, fifty some odd feet from the stage and watch them play, and they put on a great show. Yeah. In in you know this kind of. When we when they announced that they were playing this venue, I was like, it's kind of a small place for them. I didn't realize that you could pack that many people in the place. <laughs> well, they took out the tables and chairs that were yeah. there when we saw Jessica and, yeah. and um, Monkey Soup. Um, so that added a hell of a lot of room there. And everyone just kind of really did pack up to the front between the columns up there, yeah. right past the bar. Well, um, for, for Soilworks uh, set, it was a little bit more, the, the audience was a little more spaced out. Um, you know, there was like just... There was a lot of a lot more gaps and holes in in the uh, in the crowd there because everyone's just kind of chilling out, um, but they had great energy. Oh my god! Yeah. Like again, I haven't seen them up close in a decade or anything like that. But they put on some fantastic show. They all sounded good. Yes. Yeah. Like speed sounded fantastic. Well, I've been I've been jockeying Soilwork Live for since we started this podcast because I think the first top three we did, my number one was Soilwork, with the the Rod Majestic, which they opened with. Yes. Um, and I've always said that they are machine gun tight, and this was no exception. Mm. They are one hundred percent. I mean, if you listen to the record and you hear them live, it's pretty much spot on. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are just that good at replicating their sound in a live setting, um, and they played some of the, their their best tracks, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, they went from right they they pretty much um, stuck with like I would say later stuff, like with a, the occasional throwback to um, uh, Natural Born Chaos, uh, Figure Number Five. They played Rejection Roll. They played uh, Hollow, uh, Follow the Hollow. They they played. Um, uh, this let this river flow. I mean, they played all their big hits, mm. what we consider hits, yeah. uh, and it was so perfect. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was one of those moments where I was like, "Man, I can't believe I haven't seen this band in like seven years. Why did it take this long to see these guys again?" Yeah, I have a lot of their albums. I haven't, aside from Figure Number Five, I haven't really been able to very much differentiate tracks 
because you know again, it kind of all runs together for me. Not saying that it's bad or anything, mm-hmm. but um, I, me being a bigger fan of Figure Number Five, the fact that they play Rejection Roll the single from the album is expected. But I wish they would have played something else. Cause... Yeah, there's definitely a couple tracks that I wish they would have played. Yeah, um, I really would have loved to have seen Black Star to see her, of course, um, live. But hearing Follow the Hollow is always good. That's one of my favorite tracks of the album. Yeah. Um, they they did they did a good mix of things like um, uh, Late for the Kill, Early to the Slaughter was is a great track. Um, uh, what's it called? Stabbing the Drama at the end. They close out with Stabbing the Drama and Nerve was my favorite tracks off of Stabbing the Drama. So uh, overall, I think it was a great selection of tracks from their later career, mm. and. It, I think that's where they, they kind of stick to now because it is that much more melodic mm-hmm. sounding. Um, and that's really where they, they, they do their best. Well, they also, you know, well, this is what, their like 11th album? Something like they that. They have yeah. a pretty extensive set list to go from, especially considering the fact that the previous album was double album. Yeah. So they've got a lot of stuff to run through. Um, and them playing a 55-minute set, you can only expect so much. Right. But what they gave us was fantastic. Yeah, one hundred percent. So yeah, that was that was great. Um, and then Fear Factory came on, and this is their um, their twentieth anniversary of the release of Demanufacture, which was like basically considered their seminal album. Yeah, um, I had forgotten that showing up to the show. Um, I did too, actually. Yeah. I never, I remember to see it because it was I think it was, it was on, on the, the shirts. shirts. Yeah, um, and I have. I have kind of a passive interest in Fear Factory. You know, the, the few songs I know, I, I'm cool with. For some reason, though, like, I felt a little bit bored by their performance. You know what? I think there was... Um, there, I, yeah. I, I felt... I think it's, I, I always felt something about Fear Factory that is too mechanical, almost. Like, because I think Dino's playing is very just... You know, and they rely a little bit too much on the double bass drum this to for the heaviness, because the double bass drum tends to just match the guitar lines. Yeah. And there's only there's no solos. The singer Burton Bell, he sounds better on record. He didn't sound that like his, especially during Replica, which is like you know their big popular song. The chorus wasn't very good. Any clean parts didn't sound particularly good. Um, you know the, the 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 growls and whatnot they sounded fine, um, but problem was um, guitar and bass and cleaner vocals were overshadowed by the drums. Yeah. The drums were way too loud. Yeah, especially the double bass. That's why I said I think they rely too much on that to yeah. to, to provide the heaviness. Yeah, and it was it was above the rest. Like yeah. you could not avoid it and like even when when you heard double bass playing i could barely hear the guitar going yeah and i couldn't tell the difference yeah it, it was it was sound wise it was rough and um yeah it, it was it kind of put a damper on the show yeah, the, the, the thing about fear factory is like you say i'm kind of a passive fan i mean the last record I actually purchased by them was obsolete mm. and that was like 15 years ago now that was also like that was cons- not a, a too well received album. I, I really like that record, which yeah. is funny. Yeah. But um, you know, I, I got D Manufacture. I like the record. Yeah. But it's not something I know like like the back of my hand. Yeah. So it's it's like 
I remember listening to to it live. Like, yeah, I know this track. Okay, I know this track. I know one song by by name, and that's Replica because yeah. that that's a song that got me into him. Yada yada yada. Um, but the thing is, like in that live setting, they all kind of sounded the same. So. Yeah, I, I I wasn't I wasn't feeling I kind of bummed that I wasn't feeling it because like I I wanted to enjoy the show, um, but what's even weirder is like they came out they played the manufacture start to finish, um, they had kind of a feedback outro to it, um, which was kind of like their lead into the encore. Came back they played Edge Crusher, and one track from Genexus. And I was like, okay, they're, they're going to keep playing a few more tracks, as you would expect from when these kind of things happen. Mm-hmm. As soon as they finished the, the last song, the new track, they put on the house music. Yeah. Like, second they finished it, like, Dino said, you know, like, thank you. And then, bam, house yeah. lights. Um, not even house lights, the whole show. Yeah. Up. But music comes on, and we're like... Is the show over? Yeah. Like it's very abrupt. Yeah, they, it came up so abruptly, and like I was expecting the band to play for at least an hour and a half. They were done in hour and ten, hour and fifteen. Not even. Like, yeah. I don't even think the manufacturers that long of an album. Yeah, like they, they it was just very strange because I think I think um, um, they get on. They went on early because they were supposed to go on at ten thirty. Went on ten twenty. I think we were walking out of there by eleven thirty. Yeah. So it just came. Out of the blue, we're like, okay, I guess we're going home. I, I, I don't know, like, because we, the reason we missed loudness at the Corova is because they played so fucking late. Yeah. So I was actually kind of anticipating this being a late show. Yeah. Because um, even, like, on the set list, it said 10.30 to end. And, yeah, which means what, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but I don't know if there was, like, a curfew for this show or, I don't know. Yeah. It was, it just seemed very abrupt and weird. Yeah. Actually, think if I, if I remember, I I thought the song that I heard was actually uh, Rick Astley, and I was like, "Are we being tricked here? <laughs> Are we being Rickrolled? <laughs> What's going on?" <laughs> no, it would have been even better if it was uh, "I Will Always Love You," like at the CKY shows. <laughs> <laughs> you fuckers aren't loud enough. <laughs> <laughs> that was good though. But yeah. um, yeah, Fear Factory, not so much. Uh, I, I mean, it would have been better if Soilwork closed out the show. I think so too. Yeah. Um. Again, the stuff I the stuff I know from Fear Factory on their studio albums is is good. I guess it just doesn't translate well live. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Uh, and, and Burton uh, Burton Bell doesn't talk. Mm-hmm. Dino does all the talking, and, and he just seems kind of in uh, disinterested in everything. Mm. And it's kind of that was kind of a turn off. Yeah. You know, it like I don't know. There's just something about it that I didn't like. You know. So yeah, that's our thoughts on the uh, Fear Factory and Soil Work show. Uh, we unfortunately missed the opening bands, um, but I did buy, as I said before, a copy of the album from Spades and Blades, and I'll be talking about that in the near future. There was another band that opened up, um, but I didn't pick up the album, but I'm eventually going to look into them as well. That mm-hmm. was Wings of Abaddon. Um, I think Pete might have been there for that one, so maybe he Yeah, I think it. he got to the show relatively early, so he definitely caught, I think, Spades and Blades, because I think they went on right before... Soil work. Okay. Like I walked in at their did, like, probably playing their last song. Yeah. Um. So. So yeah, it was he. Pete caught um by spades and blades and um, and soil work and then he bounced, which you know good for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Save, save themselves some trouble. Yeah. Um. So next section that we're gonna do here is going to be the social media highlight of which I have none. You have one. So yeah. I will let you take the lead here. All right. 
I have Divinity of Desolation. This is a progressive metal slash deathcore band from Venezuela. Uh, they followed me on Twitter recently, so I figured, you know, why the hell not? Uh, they actually are really, really good. And they caught me a little off guard because the first track I listened to on their SoundCloud page called Caesar and Live was an instrumental that was very much in line with my Prog obsession as of late. But then the second track, Breaking the Silence, added vocals and they were done really well. Um, there isn't anything truly groundbreaking about the vocal styles, but the trade-off between harsh and clean, it, it's just done really well. Usually when I I see uh, some foreign bands, I get worried about production-wise, but this is definitely not the case. The guitars are crisp and technical, while rhythm is groovy and brutal at the same time. Definitely a great up-and-coming band. I look forward to see more from them, actually. Um, you can check them out on Facebook.com slash Divinity of Desolation, Twitter at Divinity Band, Instagram at Divinity of Desolation, and their EP is available for streaming at SoundCloud.com slash Divinity hyphen of hyphen desolation right on that's probably the quickest uh, social media highlight we've ever done because it's only one yeah that's true um so before we go into our discussion for this week we actually have two things contributed to us from um shred shack new york uh the first one we're gonna do uh is going to be part of an interview that uh, Pat and Reese got to do with Madam Mayhem. I believe this is the third time now that they've been able to meet with and interview uh, Madam Mayhem, who's been doing a lot of uh, a lot of touring with uh, Doro and a lot of promotional stuff. Uh, so she was able to come into the uh, Shred Check uh, radio show recently and do a segment, which we did once, two three years ago uh, for my for the. Uh, YouTube channel. It was originally going to be um, our New Year's Eve radio show. But we ended up scrapping the um, audio part of it and just keeping the video part of it. Um, but for those who don't know, I'm pretty sure it... I don't know if it was what website it came from. It might have been BuzzFeed. Uh, but it was a little game called Ikea or Death Metal. And it was, basi- it was basically, you're given a word, and you have, to dis- you have to figure out whether or not it's the name of a piece of Ikea furniture or a death metal band. Um, so the guys played this game with Madam Mayhem, and we're going to uh, play that clip for you guys right now. Anyway, we're here with Madam Mayhem, so thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, we have this game that we... Uh, I haven't actually played this with... Uh, with any of the guests yet, but I figure that you're a good uh, a good start for this. Okay, great. Okay, uh, there is a website uh, called ikeaordeath.com. <laughs> and basically what it is, is all it is, is 
they give you a, a name, and it's either a death metal band or a piece of Ikea furniture, and you have to tell us which one it is. Okay. So, all right. Some of these are tricky, and I'll admit, the first time that I played this, I got three right. Okay. Three of them. So I won't lose my complete badass street cred if uh, oh, absolutely not. I fail miserably at this. <laughs> there will be no loss of cred <laughs> on this game. Good. Okay. All right, let's do this. All right, and uh, Reese, if you want to join in on this too. I was to say, yes, yeah, can I do this? Do. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll trade off between All you right. two. All right, okay. first one. Madam, this is to you. Okay. Absu, is that a death metal band or a piece of Ikea furniture? Furniture? It is a metal band from Texas <laughs> that plays mythological occult metal. Oh, All right. oh I'll okay. check that out. All right, Reese. All right, bring me a good one. Craft. C-R-A-F-T. Is that an Ikea <laughs> furniture or death metal van? Um, I'm going to go death metal van. You're going to go death metal van? Yeah. You are correct. All right! That was easy. Kraft are a Swedish black metal band whose lyrics focus on misanthropy, destruction, hatred, nihilism, chaos, and death. So, right. Got it. There we go. Okay. Madam, this is to you. No. <laughs> Vitsjo. Is this a trick one? None of these are trick. Vitzjo, V-I-T-T-S-J-O. If I just say everything is Ikea, well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's worth a shot. I'm doing yeah. it. You're going for it? 50 yes, shot? It. Okay. Is it Ikea? It is an Ikea yes! item. <laughs> Vitzjo is the name for an Ikea shelving unit system. It actually looks pretty nice. It's very, it's like glass plate. Pat, now it's not the time for window shopping. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Ackercock. <laughs> <laughs> Please let that be a Reese, um, is that a band or a piece of Ikea furniture? I'm going to go with that's a piece of furniture. You would be mistaken. Oh, oh that is amazing. Oh. Ackercock is an English progressive black and death metal band known for their satanic and sexual lyrics. Oh, I need to check that band. <laughs> <laughs> All right, madam, the next one is going to go to you. Clubbo. K-L-U-B-B-O. Is that an Ikea furniture or death metal band? Sounds like an ICP band. It does, it does <laughs> doesn't it? Like, it sounds like it should be playing at the gathering. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm going to go with furniture. Yeah. She's going with furniture? Happens. She is correct! Yeah! <laughs> Club is a set of stain-resistant, easy-to-clean tables. <laughs> All right. All right. Reese, this is to you. All right. Bastig. Bastig? Bastig. B-A-S-T-I-G. I'm going to go with death metal. You're going to go with death metal. Yes. You are wrong. Oh, <laughs> oh, Damn it. Vestig is a kitchen drawer handle. <laughs> <laughs> Why such a fancy name? I don't know. Swedish. Sweden. <laughs> the Swedes. You, you just said Sweden's. <laughs> I know I did. I'm mad I got that wrong. We're, get, we're getting loopy here. Okay. Ma'am. Okay. Boholman. I want that to be a band. You want it to be a band? I really do. Are you going for it? Yeah. It is an Ikea item. Oh. Boholman is a stainless steel kitchen sink complete with strainer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, but you are still in the lead, two yeah. to one. All okay. right. I got to tie this up. Yeah. You got to tie this up. Einherger. 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 I'm going band. You're going band. You are correct. Yes! Wow. It is a Viking metal band named for the warriors who sit at Odin's table in Valhalla. Ooh. The more you know. I gotta yeah. listen to them now. <laughs> this is like great advertising. It is. Yeah. All right, so we're tied at two to two. All right. Okay. All right. Gruntal Mayhem. Oh, Gruntal. please let that be a band. If it's not, I'm making a band with that name. <laughs> 
You should make a band with that name then, because it's an Ikea oh, item. Oh, wow. <laughs> or I'm buying a piece of furniture. A Gruntal is a kitchen organizer, perfect for paper towels. <laughs> We're going out to Ikea. <laughs> okay. Wow. Reese? All right. Drudk. Drudk? D-R-U-D-K-H. Drudk. I'm going to go furniture on that. Going furniture on this one? Yeah. You are mistaken. Oh! It is a band. <laughs> Drudk is a incredibly secretive Ukrainian band that mixes elements of folk and black metal. Wow. We are still tied at this. All right. All right. Oh, goodness. Mayhem? Yeah. Datid. Band. It is an Ikea item. I got it. You know, I changed up my method halfway through. Yeah. I just had to keep saying Ikea. It is an oven with a five-year <laughs> warranty. <laughs> All right. All right, Reese. All right. Nort. Nort? N-O-R-T-T. I'm going to go band. It is a metal band. Yes! <laughs> Nort is a one-man band that plays pure depressive black funeral doom metal. That's a thing, apparently. Darn. <laughs> okay, Mayhem, you got to catch up here. Okay, okay, okay. Sam Spelt. I want to say Ben, but I should go back to my thing before where I just made everything Ikea furniture. You going Ikea on this yeah, one? Yeah, I'm just going to do it. You are correct. Oh. Sam's felt is a deer-shaped room decoration. Oh. <laughs> and okay. it, it is All like right. a cubed deer. That's what a it looks cubed like. cubed deer. Like a deer that you'd find in Minecraft or something. It's <laughs> okay. weird. Oh. Somebody make that with Legos. <laughs> 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 Once he just if it was made with Legos. Yeah, it does kind of look like it's made with Legos. All right. Put that All in right. the studio. Okay, Reese. All right. Scob Scogaby. Scogaby. S K O G A B Y. Can I buy a vowel? Death metal. You going death metal on this yeah. one? You are mistaken. Uh, it is an IKEA item. A Scogaby is an oh so comfy <laughs> three seat sofa. All right, I think we have to wrap this up. So All I'm right. going to say next person to get one wins. Okay. Okay. Mayhem, you have a chance to stay here. Watain, W-A-T-A-I-N. Band. It is a metal band. Watain <laughs> is a Swedish black metal band that frequently performs covered in blood. Ooh. Oh. Real yes. blood or fake blood? I hope fake. Oh, okay. But then again, they like don't I don't specify? know what I don't know what the animal rights are like in Sweden. Gotcha. But, all right, Reese, you want a chance to steal this? I, I, I'll take a chance. <laughs> Lack. L A C K. Um, I'm gonna go furniture. It is furniture. Whoa! It is the name of an IKEA side table. <laughs> this game's fun. All right, uh, mayhem. Sargeist. S A R G E I S T. I'm gonna go back to furniture. You going back to furniture yeah, on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a metal band. <laughs> Sargeist is a Finnish black metal band whose name combines the German words for coffin and ghost. Oh, Reese, are you ready to try and win this? I'm ready for this. Add. A-D-D-E. <laughs> um, death metal. You're going death metal going on death ad. metal on ad. Going death metal on ad. It is an Ikea item. Uh. All right, we got. Did we just tie? We just tied here. All right. So thank you guys very much for playing the very first edition. High five. High five. Everybody's a winner. Woo! Every, every for all.
Mayhem, th- Ribbons for everyone. <laughs> Mayhem, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. Do you have anything else you want to say before we head out here? Uh, just thanks for having me, and everyone just keep checking. MadamMayhem.com. Check out Now You Know the Album, and uh, hopefully new tour dates coming soon. And the second clip that we're going to play is uh, going to be a regular thing coming up on the podcast uh, so we can further include Pat and Reese um, on our weekly podcast here. Um, They decided to do a top ten thing uh, going forward. And the first one they decided to do was the top ten beards in metal, which we will never argue anything about beards although mine is now significantly I'm going to say I'm going to say that I'm going to give an honorable mention to mine right now <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah yours yours is uh, a little, little epic length. at the moment yeah mine mine is is all gone which is funny cuz we just we just released the um the Archer Nation video which is released before the top 3 video which the top oh, 3 fuck. video the top 3 video still has my beard <laughs> so it's going to be a little weird looking nice um but in the meantime here is Pat and Reese during their top 10 beards in metal Hey guys, what's up? Pat and Reese here from the Shred Shack Live Show at 89.7 FM iwcwp.org and uh, we're going to do something here where we contribute to the podcast. Wait, we have a podcast? Yeah, apparently people listen to this a lot more than the live show. Damn it! Yeah. Anyway, uh, we figured that every week we would join in on the list here, and we figured that every week we would join in on the podcast here, and we would give you guys a top ten list of sorts. Um, They can be any topic relating to heavy metal. They can be anything that we just randomly come up with. And I figured that because uh, most of the people who run the Shred Shack, whether it be me, you, Chris, Dan, not quite Pete, uh... We are big fans of the beard. We are beard enthusiasts. All the beard, all the time. All beard, everything. So we decided that we would make our first list here about the best, the top ten beards in heavy metal. So why don't you go through the criteria of the list? All right. They cannot have used the beard for an experimental phase. Okay. They have to have the beard at the time we are doing this unless they are deceased. Naturally. No mustaches, plain goatees. Or strange combinations. No Lemmy stash, no Hetfield grill cover, no Vinnie Paul side swipers, <laughs> one beard per band. Ooh, that's a good one. Because yes. there's a lot of bands here that I think could have like been like neck and neck with each other. But, you know, we don't want a list of entirely Mastodon or entirely Amon Amarth. No, so. it's got to be one man per band. Okay. I would normally say one person, but I don't think many women in metal have beards. You know what? I'm not going to judge. <laughs> so uh, let's go through some honorable mentions here because some of these need to be mentioned. Uh, first of all, Max Cavalera from Soulfly, Cavalier Conspiracy. The guy uh, is known for mostly having the huge epic beard. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I saw him in Cavalera Conspiracy, he had the beard on full force. But he does fluctuate between like close shave and outward, so... I don't know. I don't think we could put him on here. Uh, Tim Millar from Protest the Hero. His beard is also really high up there. Uh, Andy Williams from Every Time I Die. Yes. Uh, he That was uh, very heartbreaking that we had to take him off the list because, as of this year, he has a mustache. Yep. He got rid of that golden beard. And he's a wrestler now. Did you know that? Really? Yeah. Uh, he lost his first match the other day. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, Brent Hines and Neil Fallon, we have a tie here, Mastodon and Clutch. Um, I do kind of loop them in the same category. They look like they have the same type of beard. Very, very formal, very, uh, you know, very sophisticated looking. It's not outward too much, and it's very neatly trimmed. Uh, but it is really, really impressive how they have managed to have just a full-fledged beard the entire time. So, oh. Next, we have 
Chris Kale from Five Finger Death Punch. I wasn't originally going to put him on this list, but then somebody like posted a picture of him recently. It, his beard looks like Cthulhu. <laughs> he is Beard Thulu. Beard Thulu. <laughs> yeah. Um, he just didn't make the list, no, but, um, very close, very close as was, uh, and we could not go on to this list without mentioning this one, Kirk Weinstein from Crowbar and Down. Um, honestly, I think this was just like very, very neck and neck trying to get him mm. on the list, but I think his beard is synonymous with him, but I think some of the other beards on the list are a little, a little bit more impressive. Yes. So let's get to the actual list. All right. Number 10, Maddie from Psycho Stick. Yeah, you have to include the just Maddie alone from Psycho Stick because yeah. his beard is just it's on the epic scale. It is. You got to imagine that he had the most uh like the most nerves about going into obey the beard when they all had to shave. Yeah, I'm sure he was the most upset cuz he had the <laughs> biggest beard. And you know what? It hasn't been that long since Obey the Beard came out and he's grown it back already. It's actually longer now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you see it in person, it really does match the uh, moose horns that he has with oh, him. Oh yeah. <laughs> Number nine on the list, Valiant himself from Valiant Thor. The guy looks like Thor. So why the hell wouldn't he have the full-on beard? The guy, I don't know if you're familiar with Valiant Thor. It's very, very, uh, it's 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 almost like a, a Grand Magus type band. They're very, very cool. And they all look like they belong, like, not necessarily leading the Viking ship, but at least, like, rowing the boat. So... Well, I think we're going to come up to our next guy on the list because he's probably leading the Viking ship. He is one of them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tim Halley, a former guitar player from The World We Knew. Yeah, and uh, current guitar player for Fit for an Autopsy. And really good friend of the Shred Shack. Yeah, he's uh, he's cool. He's always been willing to talk to us. We actually grew up going to shows with him, yep. and uh, he's got a lot going for him, not the least of which is the beard, which I don't think he's shaved since he was 15. Nothing. No, I think the last time he shaved was maybe prom. Prom? Yeah. And that was probably a decade ago. Wow. And uh yeah, if you look if you look him up, uh Tombstone Hardware, if you check out his Twitter, he he has got the beard going. He is just the definition of beardliness. Uh coming up next, I figured it uh this is gonna be uh a little bit of a letdown for Slayer fans, but we put him so low on the list here. Uh Kerry King. Yeah. Kerry King we put on the list here. Um, we are, we originally had it so that, uh, like goatees, uh, like longer goatees would not be acceptable, but some of these are so iconic and so like they, out they, there, they have to be, they gotta honest. be on there. And Kerry King's beard slash goatee thing that he's got going on has transcended decades. Yes. So you know what? We got to put him on there. Uh, next up we got Chris Adler from Lamb of God and Megadeth. Absolutely. Chris Adler's stuff, like, uh, it's amazing that he was able to keep it while he was in Megadeth now. Yeah. And uh but like when Megadeth put out their press releasings and they showed him, the beard looks on point. It is exactly it, it looks how it needs really to be. Really good. Uh number five, a legendary beard, Scott Ian from Anthrax. Yeah, he definitely I think he takes Kerry King's spot for best like chin beard. It's still out there and it's still yeah. going. And uh, you know, I had the chance to meet him a couple of weeks ago and the beard is impressive in person. Like you look <laughs> at it and you're just kinda wondering how the hell it stays on there. But <laughs> it it is one of those things where it's like you can't think of Scott Ian without thinking of that yes. beard. Yeah. Kind of like uh number four. <laughs> Sean Z from Chimera and Doth. Doth, okay. Yeah. Uh, he actually won Metal Sucks' poll. Uh, Metal Sucks had a uh, poll running where they were doing the 
top beard in metal history, and he beat out <laughs> everybody. Really? Yeah. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I do think that his beard is ridiculously impressive. And uh, Shanzi, obviously, former keyboardist for, for Chimera and the singer for Doth, but... Uh, his beard is very, it, it's almost like a Rob Flynn beard with a little bit more structure. Okay, There's I a reason why Rob that. Flynn isn't on this list too. Uh, <laughs> but it's because Sean Z just showed up and he's like, sup. Yep. <laughs> uh, next, um, this is the true leader of all Vikings. Yes. Johan Hegg. From Amana Marth. The man's beard looks like hair from his top of his head. It does. Just grow, just there. It is really impressive to see him like fronting a Viking metal band. When you hear him scream, when you watch him on in front of that Viking ship, and you just go, nothing about this seems out of place. He just needs a battle axe, and you know what? <laughs> He's good to go into combat. <laughs> there is actually a picture that I just looked at of uh, Kerry King standing next to Johan, and first of all. Kerry King looks ridiculously short next to Johan, which I'm I, have to see that later. Yeah, and uh, also the beard is just destroying Kerry yeah. King. <laughs> like if the beards were just let loose and were able to do this, you could tell that like uh, Johan's beard is not exactly as long as Kerry's, but goddamn it, it's got it beaten volume. Oh so, yeah, definitely. <laughs> he wins. Number two, and we're going into the two legendary beards here yes. of heavy metal. Uh, number two, and this is very hard not to put it number one, but Zach Wild. Zach Wild, it's almost like a like running joke that Zach Wild, when Zach Wild dies, his beard will live on. <laughs> but I put it up at number two because have you seen pictures of Zach Wild without his beard, or have you listened to him without his beard? It's I, I, and there's a reason why I say that. Because I think the beard is keeping him from singing like, really? like a full-on thing. <laughs> if you listen to his stuff from Pride and Glory, mm -hmm. it's a lot cleaner. It's 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 very Southern rock. It's almost like uh, like kind of like Maylene and the Sons of Disaster okay, or okay. kind of like, uh, you know, Red Fang, but, like that type of stuff. But the but, beard is keeping him from singing. But, I, but the music got much heavier once he got the beard. Okay. And... Uh, he's also like, he looks so much different without it. It looks incredible. And if you want, uh, a really good example of Zach Wilde without the beard, watch the movie Rockstar with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah! He was the guitarist. I forgot about that. <laughs> wow, I forgot he was in that. And he's completely unrecognizable. Right. And we have come to number one. The only person who can beat Zach, can, that the only person that can beat Zach Wilde in a beard competition. Yes. The man, the, the legend, the myth, Mr. Dimebag Daryl. Yes. The Dimebag Daryl is a form of beard. Yes. The beard is featured in pretty much every customizable option you can have in a video game. Yes. <laughs> he is the definition of what a bearded metal guitarist should look like. And... I'm going to just go off on a limb here and say that everybody who has ever grown a beard has tried to dye the bottom of it pink at least once <laughs> just to see what it would look like. Got to tell you, it was not a good decision for me. I've actually never tried that, well, but now you've given me ideas. I think we need to try this. Because <laughs> here's the thing. I tried it once, like, and, like, the dye wasn't strong enough, so it just kind of looked like I had, like, like I had a cut under my chin. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, I don't think your beard has gotten to that length of where you can, like... 
No, I'm talking about when the beard was at its like mo- at its strongest. Oh, okay. As of right now, I kind of hit the reset button on this beard, so it kind of like is growing back. But when I had my beard at its biggest, I did, I tried to do it, and it just it was miserable on all fronts. Well, this beard that I'm currently using has been gone and gone for over two years now. Yes, it's got a good length to it, so you know what? Let's give it a shot. Let's try this. We're gonna dye my beard. We gotta see what this looks like. <laughs> All right, so that's our top ten list this year. Once again, running down the list: Maddie from Psycho Stick, Valiant himself from Violent, Valiant Thor, Tim Halley from The World We Knew and Fit for an Autopsy, Kerry King from Slayer, Chris Adler from Lamb of God and Megadeth, Scotty Ian from Anthrax, Sean Z from Chimera and Doth, Johan Hegg from Amana Mart, Zach Wild from Black Label Society, and Dimebag Daryl rounding out the list. Thank you guys for listening into this week's top ten list. If you guys have any suggestions for it, please let us know facebook.com slash the shred shack and be sure to listen to our radio show every week which is posted right here on mixcloud and it's also every week at mywcwp.org you want to listen live shoot out any requests let us know i think we're done here i think we're good let's go get some hair dye all right and with that let's go on to our discussion for the week um Chris, you came up with this one. Um, spur of the moment. Spur of the moment. Spur of the moment. Considering the fact that we just saw Fear Factory, um, they played their entire Demanufacture album live in its entirety. Um, you thought, you know, with a lot of bands doing this kind of thing, what would what bands and what albums would we want to see performed live in their entirety? Um. I'll let you start because I'm gonna look around the room at your CD. Yeah, well, I actually I I'm gonna have Pete contribute here because I asked Pete the same question we when uh, I saw him yesterday, um, and he mentioned Megadeth, Rust in Peace, which they did. Yeah, yeah. Well, he hasn't seen it. Okay. Well, so, I'm saying they they released it on DVD at this point. Yeah. So well, I said in in the terms of Megadeth, I would love to have seen. I would like to see the new album, Dystopia, live now. Mm-hmm. Especially with that band he's got going on right now, I think that'd be fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try and stick away from like the classic albums too. Like I'm thinking something a little outside the box here. Mm-hmm. And one of my first ones that came up is because we just saw Soil Work. I would love to see either Natural Born Chaos or Figure Number Five performed in its entirety. Okay. Um, either one of those would do for me really good. And then I also thought Iced Earth. Um, Pete said he would like to see them perform Something Wicked This Way Comes. I said Something Wicked albums. The like one and two. One and back two. Back. I would actually also pref- I would actually have them play the whole saga. Play the, the trilogy at the end of Something Wicked This Way Comes. Play the two albums and then play the first couple songs from Plagues of Babylon which tie into the story. Mm-hmm. I think that would be fucking phenomenal. Because they can make that whole stage presentation with that. I'm surprised that fucking John Schaefer hasn't done that already. Oh. I'm sure in, in the future he would. Yeah. Yeah. Um, see, so I'm thinking of some things that have already been done. Yeah. That, that's, that I unfortunately missed. Right. Um, Queensryche performing Minecraft 1 and 2 back to back. I unfortunately missed that. I would love to have seen that played live. Um 
I would like to see Injustice for All performed That's in its entirety. The Metallica album that I'm thinking of is that. I yeah. want to see Injustice for All from front to back. Yeah, because like, I, I, we've seen, you know, like Master of Puppets, we know it. We've seen a lot of the tracks played live. Injustice for All, I feel, would be a little bit more um, interesting played live. Yes, I mean, I've seen some of the tracks performed live, uh, and Justice for All being one of them, Harvester of Sorrow, of course, everyone's seen one. And I've even seen Dyer's Eve. Um, but seeing like shorter straw would be nice. The full version of Blackened yeah. would be awesome. This there's just so many. Oh, to live is to die would be fucking phenomenal to walk in on. So I think uh, I think Justice for All definitely needs to get its due when it comes on to its like thirtieth anniversary. Um, if Dio had still been alive. I would like him to have performed with Black Sabbath the entirety of Heaven and Hell mm. because mm. I think that is a, a 5 out of 5 A-plus album and seeing the entirety from start to finish would have been fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's great that he did Holy Diver live towards the end of his career and everything, but, you know, I would have preferred... Actually, this did happen. Um, early on in promoting... The album Magica, he played the album in its entirety. Oh, really? That would have been great to see live. Well, we've also talked about Iron Maiden. I mean, when uh, we when we saw Iron Maiden when they were on their uh, Matter of Life and Death tour, they yeah. played that album in full. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and for the most part, whenever we see them on a new album cycle, they play a majority of their album in full for the most part. Usually between four and six songs. Yeah. Um, but when we were talking about this, Pete mentioned that Number of the Beast, of course... Cause especially because they haven't played Invaders in forever. They haven't played it since 1992. So, um, just that whole album. And, I, you know, we still haven't done our, our best favorite for uh, for Maiden. But yeah, for that's... me, I'd have to, I don't know, maybe Power Slave or Peace of Mind in full. I would want to see Somewhere in Time in full. That one, too. Um, just because I love the stage, the stage setup of Somewhere in Time. They mm-hmm. had the big, the big fucking Eddie head, all cybernetic and everything. Um, they they had a lot more of the, the the keyboard influence on the album. Um, one of my favorite Maiden tracks is Wasted Years. Oh yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's just like this big album, and although like you know they had a more technical album, Power Slave, and perhaps a more quote unquote progressive album in Seventh Son. Somewhere in time, I just feel is a little bit more of that. Kind of like how Peace of Mind is the magic between Number of the Beast and Power Slave. I feel like Somewhere in Time is the magic between Power Slave and Seventh Son. It just kind of merges that little progressive end and that just straight up metal end. Yeah. So I, I would have liked to see Somewhere in Time play this entirety. Yeah, definitely. Just looking through the CDs here. Do, 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 do. I like to see any Mushuga album in full. No, that's too much noodling. I can't, <laughs> I can't handle. No, it. They're not. They don't noodle. <laughs> they're, they're 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 math metal. Uh, but as far as uh, per, uh, percussion and rhythm, they're not very noodly. Okay, that's drum noodly. Yeah, noodling well, onto drums. Well, fuck, I would love to see Dream Theater perform images and words. Is that one of the things that that they've done? I mean, I, I think I think they, they probably might have. have. Yeah. They might have. Um, Symphony X. Ooh. Now. Which one? Here's any of the early albums. Anything before Odyssey, considering the fact that like they don't touch the material anymore. Um, but you know, Damnation Game. 
Divine Wings of Tragedy, Twilight and Olympus. Any one of those albums you play in its entirety, I am I'm I'm making the janitor's job very hard. <laughs> <laughs> I just vacuumed this carpet, you bastard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just because again, those albums are so fantastic. And like not saying that the, the their later stuff is not is not good, but like there was so much just passion mm-hmm. and raw energy to that to that band at that time and they just and they they consistently overlook it on on recent tours and it drives me nuts yeah you you do mention that every time oh because it's fucking pissing me off <laughs> like I, I think when we saw when we i've seen symphony x like six times this yeah week, as they will go into maybe church of the machine from twilight and olympus um they will i thought they were doing sea of lies at one point they didn't um and they'll 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 quickly cut into Divine Wings of Tragedy when they're doing Paradise Lost or um, when they're doing the um, last track off Paradise Lost. Yeah. But like they don't touch enough on the older stuff, and it just, mm. which makes me mad um, that I didn't know them uh, their stuff as much when we got to see them the first time, which is just when the Odyssey came out. So yeah. They're still working on older stuff, which is also where we first heard Church of the Machine and Smoke and Mirrors and tracks like that. Smoke and the mirrors. Odyssey. Smoke, Smoke and Mirrors they still play as well, but like, you know, it's it's probably my least favorite track from uh Divine Wings of Tragedy. So but there's so many older songs I would love to hear them play at this point. Opeth. <laughs> Anything? Anything? Name that album, I'd love to hear it live. Yeah. I mean there's I mean, there's no shortage of stuff that they can do live that would just be absolutely fantastic between Black War Park, Damnation, uh Deliverance, uh, My Arms Your Hearts, oh my god. And even the later stuff would be like phenomenal live. I mean I I would like it. <laughs> um I would want to hear Ozzy do Ozzy thing a decade and a half ago do um No Rest of the Wicked, my favorite yep. one. Yep. Or No More Tears. Now, No Rest for the Wicked, I could see them playing the album, intermission, playing the rest of it. But for No More Tears, I would want the show to end with Road to Nowhere. Mm-hmm. So he would play a couple of tracks, leave the stage, come back, and do No More Tears. Because I think Road to Nowhere would finish out a fantastic show like that. Yeah. So anything with a Any band with a concept record deserves to do their album in full just like King Diamond recently did with Abigail yes. I'm over here looking at Stone Sour I'm with, over here <laughs> <Sorry. yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking over here at Stone Sour because they have their double disc um, House of Golden Bones yeah. which I would like to see live because I like both of those records mm. um, I'm also thinking the, the, the new Amon Marth record Yum's Viking is a concept record if they played that front to back on their on their upcoming tour that'd be fucking phenomenal yeah. you know I love Concept records. We actually had a, co- a conversation about that a while back, um, and that would just be so good to see a band do that. I mean, that'd be great. I mean, we're going to probably not catch Behemoth, who's doing the Satanist info on their tour right now, because mm-hmm. I don't think they're coming to San Antonio or anywhere near here at the moment. Bulls, bulls, bulls. But that would be a fantastic beginning to end I mean Pete and I have gushed about that enough on the podcast mm-hmm. so um, I got two more to give here go ahead before I start looking at the CDs again yeah. first one um, since I already mentioned Maiden Dickinson Accident of the Birth Chemical Wedding 
one after the other. Nice. That'd be a good night. Because, like, that's, like, when he started really hitting back into his metal stride, and he released two fantastic albums year after year. Um, And just hearing them in a live setting would have been great. Um, Doesn't seem like Iron Maiden does shows longer than, like, an hour and a half at this point, so that might be a bit much for Dickinson. Right. To do a full-on tour of that, but I can always dream. Oh, dude. One night. That's all it takes. Yeah. One night, DVD recording. That's yep. all it takes. Um, and the other one is... Uh, fuck, I lost it. Oh, yeah. Seven Dust. Ooh. My favorite album from them is Animosity. Yeah. I would love... To, yeah. Especially considering the fact that it ends with Angel's Son. Yeah. Then, and, like, play a couple tracks, go for intermission, come back, play Animosity, end with a balls-out edition of uh, Angel's Son, and you have an end of the show, everyone's in tears. Go home. Yeah, that... <laughs> I'm actually getting chills thinking about that. Yeah. That's fucking great. That is really good. God damn it. Because, like, you know, I, Seven Dust's version of Angel's Son is better than the original. Right. And it's, it is awesome. I but love like, it's, their, it's, their... It's also where they got, like, they really started making that turn for the melodic. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they involved a lot more singing from not just Rose, but from Clint, Clint yeah. Lowry. Uh, there's a lot of vocal layering throughout that entire record. Yeah. I mean that that is probably where they hit their most melodic stride and still maintain the heavy. Yeah, because even uh, even seasons the the album that followed it up like that's really great album. Um, keeping up with the just like a lot more the melodic side of things, but just animosity is where I feel like it all started and it just hit on all pistons. Fantastic album. Yeah. Um, I would also like to see Machine Fish. Um, performed like live in its entirety by Galactic Cowboys. <laughs> I, I will never stop talking about the Galactic fucking Cowboys. No, you will not, and no. that's perfectly fine with me. Because I fucking love the Galactic Cowboys. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Ghost. Mm. Any one of their records, they can play, they can play live in its in its entirety, and that'd be fantastic. The fact of the matter is, though, they could probably play all three of them in one night, and it would be a really good show, yeah. and wouldn't be even be that long. I know Korn is actually doing their first album live right now. I was actually going to say, like, if, if, if any of their stuff, like, yeah, you know, I'm not crazy big into Korn, and, like, I'm not, like, a huge fan of the first album, but if I was going to see them perform anything, it would be that album. I actually, I think their first album is my favorite, mm. um, because it is that really raw sound. You, you, can, you can see the beginnings of something, of something there, but although it turned into new metal. Considering that... This year marks the twentieth anniversary of Life Is Peachy. I could see them playing that one though. That that is also true. Yeah, also true. Um, Killswitch Gage, I do believe, has played Alive or Just Breathing live in its entirety, which is my favorite Killswitch record. Uh, I wish I would have seen that. Arion. Arion, they just recently did like a, a stage a, production, a stage right? production of uh, the Human Equation with some of the, uh, for lack of a better term here, original cast. Right. Um, which I believe they're releasing on DVD soon, if it hasn't oh, really been done so. Really? So, uh, I got to wow. look at that. I haven't, I haven't seen any, anything about it, but I know it was done. It was recorded. It just has to be released. And I'm going to go look on their website when we go home, actually. Black Sabbath, Volume 4. Um, My favorite Sabbath record. I would like to see the first Sabbath album done, including 
including the crazy ass drum solo, mm-hmm. you know, including Evil Woman, which was added on, I think, after the fact. Um, just, I I liked the the chaos of that first album, right? And I think it would it in a younger time for the band, it would have translated very well live, like. Younger time, I mean, like twenty years ago, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Like I think they could have done that live, and it would have been just for, perfect. So. Yeah, but I, I love. Yeah, well, let's get a little hypothetical here. <laughs> Volume four, when it first came out, would have been phenomenal to hear live because my one of my favorite Sabbath songs of all time is Supernaut. I fucking love that song, and I will never see it live performed by Black Sabbath. Never. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen. I would, I just want to see that song live. Mm. I fucking love that song. Well, buy an old DVD. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Sons of bitches. Um, I'm gonna end off uh, my last one, which is not metal. Queen out at the opera. Mm. Play it live. Game's over. We're done. We're going home. <laughs> <laughs> That's my last one. Yeah, I think I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave it at what we talked about because I can get into like a lot more of the classic rock ones because of course one of my favorite Pink Floyd live releases is Pulse where they performed um, Dark Side of the Moon in full yeah so yeah. I mean and then you know I would love to see Dream Theater perform somebody else's album in full <laughs> live yeah considering how many they've done already I know they've done Massive Puppets they've done Dark Side they've done a couple other ones too right I mean did they, did they do Number of the Beast they did Number of the Beast um I mean, since since we're currently recording this in 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 your man room and not in my office, like I a lot of my CDs are not here. So, yeah. So I, I could probably come up with a whole bunch more. Oh uh, yeah, I'm I'm just we're just scratching the surface here. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, fuck, an Aerosmith record would probably be really good too. Yeah, yeah. You just gotta be gotta pick those certain albums and and have it played perfect. Yeah. But I think that's. Yeah. It for us for right now. Yeah. Um, so if you have any suggestions on what bands and what albums from those bands you would like to see played live, let us know on the Shred Shack uh, Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Shred Shack. And I think this is where we're going to make our curtain call because Warrior needs food badly. Mm. <laughs> it's fucking funny. It's greatest. Every, it's getting funnier every time. <laughs> Until next time, subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Templum for more Shred Shack-related content, including interviews, editorials, concert reviews, and the like. We just did our concert review video for Archer Nation and Broken Soul. Uh, you can expect the top three for February to come out before April, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I- I'm actually hard at work on it, and it's coming out pretty good because, let's face it, we're pretty good at this. <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting better at this. We're getting better. Um, but you can also find my video game Let's Play series, Recreational Warfare, which boasts over 200 episodes across 30 games from various areas of gaming. Uh, I believe I am going to continue this starting tomorrow or next Sunday, um, just so I can finally finish a certain game. Um, for more up-to-the-minute news and updates from yours truly, follow my Twitter account at username NovusRedemptor. All right, you can follow me at Instagram and Twitter. Uh, at up the iron three three one four for all my adventures in fitness, uh, kid stuff, and the Shred Shack show, which you right now see who filled in for Pete this week. 
<laughs> one of the funniest silliest things we've done <laughs> and it's so simple anyway you can also if you are interested in personal training uh in the san antonio area or even online if you need some fitness coaching or, co- or nutrition coaching you can contact me on facebook.com slash up the iron 3314 or you can just become our friend on facebook my name is chris mcdonald and everything i do is on that facebook page especially nerd stuff that's right. When you said everything I do, I was thinking of that, that stupid song, Brian Adams. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> if you're hearing this, I will assume you found your way to our Mixcloud page. Mixcloud.com slash The Shred Shack is currently your primary source for all previous installments of The Shred Shack podcast, as well as recordings of The Shred Shack Live radio show. Speaking of that Mixcloud page, we are now up to 11 followers on there. Woo! Woo! Thank you, folks. Speaking of that live show, tune into Pat and Reese every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for two hours of heavy metal music and banter. You can also find the link to the weekly show as well as any and all Shred Shack-related updates on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Shred Shack. Until next time, I'm Dan Mack. And this is Chris Mack. And this is not Pete. Grabowski. Reminding you that we are the slime. (laughs) 